Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Is your main event, Mark's podcast, brought to you by Belly Up Unhinged Radio Network Sports. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cap dad, and the man who takes his justice hard. I am Troy, and with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He's the WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia and the Robert Rude to my Eric Young. It pays to be Greg. What's up, Greg? Rude. Bob, Bob Rude. <laughs> I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> so we're hopping back on the TNA 2007 train today, man. And this was a show. A show. Yeah. Um, that's about all I can say about it. I mean, not to give away things too early, but it um, it happened. There were matches, and um, yeah. <laughs> I think we might have accidentally overhyped 2007 with TNA a little bit. We clearly said it was our favorite. We didn't say it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm point, there I'm was... point that out now. Uh, I got to go back and check some things out, because I'm like, what's this my favorite year after all? Maybe I'm getting my timelines mixed up. Yeah, I, mean, I still believe it's still my favorite. Just, you know, we, we didn't review any impacts. That's the thing. That's where it was happening. Yeah, it was good shows. Yeah, it's just there was a lot. There's been a lot of VKM here. There's the stuff going on on this show here, and some stuff yet to come that I'm just like, ah. So, <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, we'll get into all that here in just a moment. Uh, but uh, there's some. There's, Let's get into this. But uh, there's some news and notes to get into. Um, we're starting off with some um, unfortunate deaths and um yeah some not so good news but first, be a staple of our pod yeah this uh it, it's not starting off good but it'll pick up after a while but before we get into all that here 
Time out here real quick to let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They are clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great tasting vitamins, and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to swiftlifestyles.com and use our special promo code main event marks, all one word, to get 15% off your order. It's main event marks, all one word, to get 15% off your order at checkout. But now that we're done with that, we're going to take our first break of the show when we come back on the other side of this it's news and notes time right after this follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on twitter at main event underscore marks and on instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector get ready to rumble in your new main event marks merchandise we've got t-shirts hoodies masks hats stickers pins and much more on our redbubble store that's maineventmarks.redbubble.com you can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our bonfire store that's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our bonfire and redbubble stores that's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store Slash main event marks. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we are back. We're back. Real quick, we want to let you know that the main event, Marks, is sponsored by Shock Energy. Shock Energy is a healthier alternative to traditional energy drinks that gives the energy that gamers need while in a long session without skimping on their health. Their products come in a powder form and you mix them into water. You can either choose from green apple or watermelon. You can also try both if you get their sample kit. Use our special link that is down in the podcast description, or you can simply go to shockedenergy.com at checkout. Use the promo code main event, all one word, to save 10% on your order. That's promo code main event, and you're going to save 10% at checkout. News and notes time before we get into the justice that is hard. Uh, this first story. Wow. <laughs> This story actually takes place the day after the show, but uh, it's a pretty big name that passed away, so I figured we'd talk about it here. Uh, Former pro wrestling star Brian Adams, who's best known for his early 90s run as the character Crush in the WWF, 
was found dead on Monday at his home in Tampa at the age of 43. Investigators say that Adams' wife found him unconscious in bed Monday morning at the couple's home and called 911. Paramedics could not revive Adams, and he was pronounced dead at the scene. The incident, the incident report indicates that there were no visible signs of injury. And Yeah. Uh, I had forgotten he passed away, honestly. Yeah, I I know when I found out he died, I was just like, wow, really? Like, I he he was one of them growing up. It was like he wasn't one of them that obviously like got to a top level or anything like that necessarily. But as a kid, I always liked him. Dude, look, like, look, he was never out of a job for the most part. Right. He was always in uh, either WWF or WCW. From Demolition Crush all the way to Chronic. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's weird to think that uh, he left WWF in 97 right after the Montreal Screwjob incident because apparently he was pretty loyal to the Hart family or I don't know if it's to the Hart family or Brett specifically. It was definitely Brett for sure. He walked out, yeah, because of Montreal. Right. I know Mick, um, Mick Foley threatened to and he lasted a whole 24 hours before showing back up to Raw. <laughs> uh, I always but, found that funny. Like, they said he was hot, so it's not like he was avoiding the crap. Yeah, right. Well, uh, looking more into this, I guess, uh, the medical examiner concluded that the cause of death was a result of mixing the painkiller uh, buprenorphine, uh, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, with the muscle relaxant, chorus, uh, op, whatever, doesn't matter, and a sedative, a couple sedatives. The coroner determined that the drugs in the system were individually at uh, therapeutic levels, but their combination impeded his respiratory system enough to kill him. Ah, man. So he didn't really OD. No, uh, it looked like it was an accidental overdose. So, yeah, it was kind of like a... Good, but... Right. He wasn't... That's what I'm saying. He wasn't abusing drugs that killed him. Right. It was like... um, In my eyes, it's kind of like the Heath Ledger kind of thing. Like, he didn't purposely OD, he just combined drugs that he shouldn't have, you know, prescription drugs that he shouldn't have, and uh, that combo just wasn't good, and it took his life. Sucks, man. Yeah, certainly how powerful a little freaking pill is, man. Right. Yeah, and when you take too many things that are meant to calm you down and slow down certain, you know, uh, functions of your body, I mean, (laughs) after a while, the, you know, when enough stuff slows down to a certain point, your body just gives out. So that's, what happened to a good old joint? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's bad, man. It's, it sucks. Uh, another death that we have to talk about. This one is a bona fide legend in the business. Uh, Carl Gotch, an Olympic standout whose success in the in uh, the pro ranks was limited only by his reluctance to adapt to the changing landscape of the industry, passed away on July 28th, a few days shy of his 83rd birthday in his hometown of Tampa, Florida. Which is... I'm sorry, there's I, a lot of asterisks in there. Yeah, <laughs> We're a wrestler here, but he wasn't a fan of this, but he... Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah, well, my, my, the, the thing is, I can't say, I'm not going to say it's, it's not funny. It's, it's a, uh, a weird factoid uh, that Brian Adams was found uh, dead in his home in Tampa uh, just days after Carl Gotch was found dead in his home in Tampa. A lot of, uh, <sighs> a lot of wrestler deaths in Tampa around this time, I guess. This but, is rough because... Full disclosure, 
not to bring it down, like I told you, the night this pay-per-view aired that we're about to, walk, or about to review, my dad died this day. So it's like, oh, wow. damn. Yeah. Like, I didn't even watch this until, oh. I think it was, like, later, a couple days later. I'm sure. Not yeah, and, they, and the, yeah, and TNA didn't even bring you their best effort. <laughs> yeah, right? Sure. Yeah. Man. Well, to be fair, I think they thought they did. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, well, we, we tried our best. Like, did you, though? Like, get back in there and try again. At that this sucks, point, man. we know that their best was pretty good. So, yeah. No, you yeah. didn't. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, to, to wrap this one up with Gotch, though, he was born Carl Charles Istaz, I think is how he pronounced his last name. In Carl 19... Charles. Yeah, I know. That, that rolls off the tongue. Uh, in, uh, he was born in 1924 in Antwerp, Belgium, of German and Hungarian ancestry. Gotch was an international star who was an icon in Japan, where he was regarded as the god of professional wrestling. Until JBL came along, that is. I'm assuming uh, when he was wrestling, there was no... Uh, uh, man, I know his name. Uh, Anoki. Uh, yeah, no, not at that time. And Anoki came around uh, okay. in the 70s, I think? Yeah, so... Yeah, because that's the guy. Japan. Yeah, right. Baba, so, and, yeah. Baba and Anoki were the uh, well, had, and I guess Ricky Dozan. Were the, those are those are the three biggins. Uh, this Why does Ricky he, Dozan sound like a fun character in a Will Ferrell movie? <laughs> right. I had no idea, by the way, until I heard the name pronounced. I had no idea that uh, his name was pronounced Ricky Dozan. I've heard of the name. I don't know him though. Yeah, he's a, he's actually Korean, but he was a um, uh, he was a uh, uh, Japanese legend, legendary wrestler, and he he actually trained. I want to say he trained both Anoki and Baba, so both of them were his uh, his trainees, and then they split off and became rivals. Okay. So this more you learned, right? Uh, he's not passed away yet. I'll get to that here in a moment. But Uncle Dave Meltzer is reporting oh, well, that. I promise you. Yeah, right. Well, I'll I'll get to the follow up. Uncle Dave Meltzer is reporting that Byron Dewey Robertson, known to wrestling fans as the Missing Link, is gravely ill with cancer at the hospital in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, at the moment. Uh, he actually passes away of lung cancer at uh, or on August sixteenth, so not far after this pay per view airs. He's saying this, but I have no idea who that is. Missing Link, he was, uh, he, he had Gary Hart as his manager a lot. He had kind of funky hair, and he painted his face green. He had, like, black and blue around his eyes, and you, you'd have oh, to look I him up. I think this is who they modeled the Zodiac after. Oh, okay. Yeah, you have to so. look him up. He had, I remember like, Hogan saying they modeled Brute Beefcake after, like, an old wrestler. That must be who it is. Just, it sounds like what you just said. Oh, Okay. Yeah, he had, like, everybody talked about it. He had, like, a million-dollar body, but, you know, he wasn't exactly, like, from the neck up, he wasn't exactly, like, you know, movie star good looks. <laughs> so he just adopted this uh, this character of the missing link, and he was, you know, from parts unknown. And uh, well, in, in well, WCC, was. Right. Well, in WCCW, he was managed by Skandar Akbar, and in the WWF, he was managed by Bobby Heenan and Jimmy Hart in the mid-'80s. So he got around. So I was, I think I, was, I, I thought he was managed by Gary Hart. I, I guess I'm wrong. Either way, I yeah. guess. I mean, he did manage the uh, sideshow guys. Yeah, right. 
But yeah, uh, but he was Canadian, and apparently he had a long battle with lung cancer and finally passed away on August 16th. So he was only 68. Kind of sucks. So, but either way, luckily that is the last death I have to talk about on this this podcast. So, well, uh, until we get into the actual show, but yeah. Uh, getting into the WWE stuff here, Eric Bischoff's WWE contract has indeed expired after both sides agreed not to extend it. The creative team had come up with several short-term ideas over the past year to bring him back, but none of them appealed to him. I think he talked about that, too, where he said he's like, yeah, it's been fun, but he's like, ah, I'm done. Like nothing, nothing they had come up with was really, you know, tickling his fancy. And he's like, yeah, I, I think I've run my course. I can go now. That's smart. Get out while you're still hot. Yeah, I mean, why, why stick around when people are like, and, until people are tired of seeing you? Then you literally have no value to come back with. What's it's like, uh, oh, what's yeah. Jim Cornette always says, how can I miss you if you won't leave? Yeah, right. Go away, learn a new hold. Hey, Drew McIntyre did that now, look at him. I know, right now, everybody loves him. Uh, I don't know if it's supposed to be funny or not, but it's true. Go away, learn a yeah. new hold, come back, and boom. Yeah, right. And I mean, people were fond of him before. Uh, now they really freaking love him. So there you go. Same thing with and Heath, man. He got his headline. He got his. He got his wish too. A pay per view in the UK, and he's headlining it. Hell, freaking! Don't tell yeah. me things don't happen. He deserves it, man. Uh, WWE.com. Wait, wait, we talk- if anyone doesn't know, go back to Austin's uh, some Cody Austin's podcast. Him. He says his main goal in WWE is to get a pay per view in the UK. <laughs> this is before this even a thing. <laughs> Holy crap! You know, about having some pole, but okay. Anyways, <laughs> they needed to be do it. They needed to have that done for a while. It's like you mean to tell me you can have an annual show, like gigantic show in Saudi freaking Arabia, but you can't Spy do one annual. in the UK. What say what? Spy annual. They do it twice. Oh yeah. So yeah, like that's even worse. Like, I know. They could sell out in the UK. I know they could because TNA did it. I don't know. That's saying something. Yeah. Right. Uh, this one we talked about, actually, if anybody goes back to our Great American Bash 2007 episode uh, a few weeks ago, uh, WWE.com, that? <laughs> that, yeah, that is correct. <laughs> WWE.com is reporting that the U.S. champ MVP was diagnosed with the Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome from results obtained during a wellness policy physical test. The syndrome can cause a different heart rhythm. Uh, putting him in a very big risk of getting a heart attack at any given time. Cardiologist Dr. Fred uh, Feuerbach, I'm having a hard time pronouncing stuff today, uh, who yeah, oversaw... No, he's more, he's more money than you anyway, so don't worry about it. Yeah, right. Uh, who oversaw the testing for WWE said that the test may very well have saved MVP's life. While that not is insane, all- man. I know. Uh, while not always being fatal... Uh, those who have the condition shouldn't be exposed to excessive physical activity, uh, he added. However, MVP's tip-top shape made for uh, for the condition, and this past Monday, he underwent a radio frequency treatment. Next week, there will be more tests performed again to see if the procedure was a success. MVP's condition was detected during the Great American Bash weekend. So they instituted this test because of, you know, obviously the Benoit thing. And it ends up saving lives. Yeah, right. Like, let's not kid ourselves. They instituted it to make sure no one's doing steroids because of PR stuff. <laughs> okay, let's be real. And then it saves a freaking life. Yep, that very much nuts. so. 
yeah, he, he could have he could have had a heart attack in the middle of the damn ring or after the show. He could have he could have ended up like and I hate to, I hate to say it like this, but it's, it's very true. He could have ended up like Eddie Guerrero, man. Think about that. Sucks. The, the funniest thing about this whole story, though, is think about the name of this this disease or syndrome, whatever. It's it's hyphenated twice. Wolf Parkinson White. That means it's named after three people. So that that leads me to believe a three people had this thing and it was named at, like and it was discovered in all three of them at the same time. So they named it after him or three different scientists found it at the same time. I, I and, and they all fought to get their name on on the same damn disease. <laughs> like, I, oh, mean, I get it, you know, as a doctor, scientist, whatever, it's a discovery. But it sounds kind of sick to me fighting to get your name on a disease. <laughs> You all think think about that your life your life's accomplishment. It's like, ah, uh, I I have a form of diarrhea named after me. <laughs> Good lord, that would be the one you pick, of course. <laughs> I just think of like one of the like the most embarrassing things. It's like, oh, uh, how did you discover that? Well, it was a really crappy day at the office. <laughs> anyway, I like uh, to wipe my record clean, please, with this. <laughs> Good lord, I can and, do it too. <laughs> In most low-key big news of the week, WWE has signed two 23-year-old California bikini models who happen to be identical twins, the Garcia twins, to, di- to uh, developmental deals. Their respective names are Nicole and, Bri- and Brianna. The girls are currently training in Florida Championship Wrestling in Tampa and have appeared at a few shows in Eye Candy Rolls. The twins were contestants in last year's Diva Search contest, but they didn't make the cut. Oh, oh, are you girls? I like your mom. Yeah. Oh, I saw your mom. She looks pretty, pretty tubular. Uh, I was thinking that I could offer you girls a contract. Just one, but they'll be, I'll offer you two identical contracts. Because you're identical Lord. twins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and now, aren't they in the, didn't they go in the WWE Hall of Fame this last year? The year before? Yeah. Yeah, so think about think about Breeze like, getting a new figure. Yeah, right. So they just got signed here in 2007, being models uh, after failing out in the Diva Search contest, and now they're in the Hall of Fame. Which is kind of ironic in a way, right? Really? I think they just jumped on twins. Yeah, right. Giggity. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, former WWE superstar Chris Nowinski was featured on ESPN's Outside the Lions this week. Nowinski was talking about his research of concussions and head trauma. That is the only Chris Nowinski degree, degree from Harvard, you know. Oh, well, of course. And if you didn't know that, he'll tell you. His finishing move was called the honor roll. <laughs> <laughs> and he came out to the I'll Harvard you, fight song. I'll bet you he did not. Have an immaculate 4.0 GPA. Like another oh certain gosh. someone. What the oh, thank hell? Thank you. What the you hell? have zero idea what the hell I'm talking about. You're talking about Chad Gable, aren't you? I, I like how Winston wins. You can count on one hand the amount of people that have that, dude. That's tough. Yeah, right. Uh, She'll be proud of that. Yeah. Oh, shut the hell up about it. <laughs> well, uh, I, I like how Christopher Nowinski was like, he was a wrestler, but nobody remembers that about him. <laughs> he's, he's His the guy run who, was like the worst run by any tough enough contestant ever. 
Yeah, it's certainly up there. I mean, it's I'm hard pressed to think of another one. Like right when he gets there, okay, first they have him with Regal, which okay makes some sense. You know, they both pump his asses. Okay, I could buy that. But then they yeah. put him with Teddy Long's group, who were like doing the whole uh, <laughs> black people are being held down thing. I'm like, yeah, because Chris Winowinski, the the whitest white boy from uh, Massachusetts, definitely fits in this group. <laughs> <laughs> the Ivy League white boy with blonde hair and blue eyes. Put him in there. <laughs> Good lord. (laughs) Yeah. Now, getting into some TNA news here. It is being discussed right now within TNA to begin random drug testing effective in September. We all know why this is happening. Yeah, Uh, well, it's being discussed. Should we or should we let people just go on and do this stuff? I don't know. Well, (laughs) I I mean, do we we really need... I don't know. Uh, but it's rumored that the wrestlers will be notified of this new policy at the Hard Justice pay-per-view to give wrestlers 30 days notice. There are concerns how this will affect the talent. Some believe that while TNA is not under investigation at this time, it would present them in a good light despite no allegations of substance abuse in their company specifically. <laughs> I heard you sigh a minute ago. Uh, 30, they, they're going to give them 30 days notice? You're basically saying, hey, if you're doing stuff, stop. Yeah, they give them the idiot test. People still fail those, by the way. I just got to point that out. I, I'm all I, about cleaning up things, okay? But when you give them 30 days notice, you're basically saying, hey, you, you're probably guilty, so stop doing it. You got your system and make this test. <laughs> there's, um, I, I know the company that my that my grandfather used to work for years ago, uh, they had to do so many random drug tests per quarter, and they would pick the same people that they knew were clean every quarter <laughs> to, to drug test. Holy and my crap. Gr- I mean, that's smart, but holy crap. Yeah, so my grandfather got drug tested every single time because they knew he would always piss clean. <laughs> because if they had anybody pissed dirty, then they got flagged for it, and it would affect their plant. <laughs> This takes me back to a job I had years ago. I'm like, okay, they're doing a random drug test. So then the, the manager's like, anyone got anything they want to confess? And everyone's like, oh, I'm, I'm probably going to piss dirty. You know, this. I think it was just for weed. This was before weed was illegal in California. I was like, I'll take the damn test. Come on, I'll be fine. So I did it three times like a year. Good Lord. So I should have demanded some money. But I'm the only one running it out screwing up. I want you guys to pay me. I knew a guy that uh, was actively looking for a new job, and instead of you know, while he's looking for a new job, maybe staying clean in case they wanted a drug test, no, he just carried around a condom full of pee. There's so much wrong with that. <laughs> I just, I'm like, that is like, what? Why? Why can't you just clean up? It's <laughs> because, dude. Why would you want to clean up? You can party and and you'll be ready to. You would do a clean test. Yeah, all you have hey, all you have to do is strap a condom full of pee to your leg and you're ready to go, man. What's wrong with that? I was gonna point so out sick. you're talking about, about something to your leg and you said strap, but anyways. Good grief. Uh, to wrap this up, uh, while it's abundantly clear that many within TNA's roster are not taking out anabolic steroids, given the size and stature of many of their talents. We'll get to that. <laughs> there are still concerns of recreational drug use among those in the locker room. Dixie Carter herself stated months back that there is no problem with drugs within TNA. She did, however, state that uh, the only issue that she had with substance abuse was with Raven, 
but later stated that Shocker. the situation <laughs> but later stated that the situation was under control. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not funny. I don't want to laugh, but it's like just look at Raven. Is anybody gonna think twice and say, I think that guy's on something? <laughs> right. Sorry. Especially when you see before and after pictures of like when he was like uh, Scotty Flamingo to Raven. You're like, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> like something happened here. I don't know, man. Just... <sighs> but <sighs> unfortunately, I have to do a follow up to that story with, well, this. For lack of a better term, in that same vein, The Punisher, Andrew Martin, formerly known as Test in the WWE, did a post on his MySpace page. Uh, if you don't know what that is, Google it. Uh, in which Good he defends. Lord, man, we're really going far back. <laughs> right. Uh, in which he defends. Also, this, is what I, this is what I meant when I said we'll get to that later. I was going to yeah. do it mid pay per view, but if you're going to do it now, never mind. Okay. Yep. Well, it's as bad as you think because this post. In this post, he defends the use of steroids in professional wrestling. He says that they're mostly for cosmetic reasons and compares them to a facelift or Botox. However, he says that it's wrong for athletes in other sports to use them because steroids gives them a competitive edge. Oh, well, I'm glad he draws the line. Uh, He also mentions... TNA at the end of his post by saying, quote, don't forget to watch TNA at 9 p.m. Eastern time on Spike. You will be pleasantly surprised to see how far this company has grown and will continue to do so. Or you could always watch the same guys I watched when I was a kid doing the same boring storylines. TNA, TNA, TNA. Oh, I'll turn you of him. Yeah, right. I was like, also, so this crap was going on way back then. <laughs> I'll point out, by the way, that Botox and face won't kill you. Yeah, look, here's my thing. If you and I've said this before, I'm not a fan of steroids. I would never do them myself, but there are controlled steroids that you can get prescribed from your doctor that, you know, whatever. If you're doing them under supervision of a doctor and you're doing them safely, whatever, that's on you. If you're doing illegal steroids or if you're doing them while you're in a competition, no. Like, there's no, I, I don't see any excuse for that whatsoever. I don't know what it does cosmetically either. I mean, so? Yeah. <laughs> I knew a guy, uh, it was a wrestler, an independent wrestler, that he was talking about steroids. He was like, well, if, he's like, I found out, he's like, if you're going to do steroids, he's like, you have to make sure that you can work out consistently. Because he said, I was on a long road loop where I couldn't work out every day like I needed to, but I was still doing my steroids like normal. And he said, and I got really blown up and overweight. I love that, by the way. Oh, just doing like normal. Yeah, right. It's like doing the old steroids here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, it's just normal to stick a needle in your ass every day and, you know, go on your merry way. (sighs) I think you're full, big man. If anybody goes and watches this pay-per-view, when Tess shows up at it, my God, yeah. <laughs> he is bloated. Yeah, he don't makes say. Brian Cage look sick. <laughs> <laughs> and it's sad that he dies this, you know, from that crap, too. Well, TNA Talent Relations Manager Terry Taylor. You know what that means. 
There you go. Uh, is trying to make a deal with former WWE stars Rikishi and Brian Christopher to have them come in as a tag team. They wouldn't be able to use the too cool name, obviously, but they are being talked to. Uh, or, but they are being talked with to reunite the too cool team, but under a different name. Uh, Rikishi's money demands had been too high, but it looks like that aspect has been worked out. Yeah, he'll be there for like a couple of weeks. Of course, I'll put him with Samoa Joe. <laughs> of course. Who else are you going to put him with? Uh, speaking with uh, Mr. Terrence Taylor, the tailor-made man, uh, Terry Taylor has informed two talent TNA talents that their services would not be needed at the Hard Justice pay-per-view or the next set of Impact tapings. The two talents that have been removed from the tapings are Lance Hoyt and Christy Hemme. Taylor had... Oh, no. Wow, they were in everything at this point, too. I know. Wow. I'm surprised Cole they weren't on the show. Right? Uh, Taylor had informed both talents that it would it was simply for budgetary reasons. Why are they killing the slow build program between VKM and the combination of Hoyt and Hemi? No reason in particular at this point, but it appears that the program has been abandoned. Oh, Who cares no. to celebrate Yeah, right. This has been going on literally all freaking year. So I'm not going to shed a tear for this crap. <sighs> and this will kind of bleed into the show here. TNA talent relations manager <sighs> Terry Taylor uh, offered Ron Killings a raise. <laughs> The elimination of the the 20% booking fee and the ability to continue working in AAA if he continues, or or rather, if he returns to TNA. Sorry, who? Ron Killings. I don't know if he does return. He might be on his way to WWE at this point. He's on the show. No, I know, but I mean, I don't think he he returns after this contract. Oh, no. Uh, Well... Because he'd been out for a while, so he's trying to get him to come back for a little bit here. So, yeah. Uh, after Scott Steiner went down with an injury in June, TNA called Ken Shamrock at the last minute to replace him at the Slammiversary pay-per-view. Apparently, he came very close to accepting the deal. Road Warrior Animal ended up taking his place and ruffled some feathers. Uh, up, yeah, I mean, I think Ken Shamrock would have been the better wrestler, but Animal was kind what of... Talking about? F- now in the archives, that was a great show. <laughs> <laughs> I think Animal was the better nostalgia fit in there, teaming with Rick Steiner, but it, it, that would have been so awkward. Like, why the hell would Ken Shamrock randomly have replaced Scott Steiner? I don't know, but him like, and Steiner both nuts. So. Yeah, maybe that's it. Uh, homicide was fined by TNA for a post that he did on his MySpace page. Good lord! Yeah, uh, TNA officials weren't happy. Folks. Right? TNA officials weren't happy with him writing in support of Conan, who they consider to be a major enemy. Now, the post has since been removed. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, dare you show uh, uh, loyalty to your friend who got you in this? Look, I, I like it, it. Conan's funny or whatever. I like hearing some of the stuff he has to say, whatever. Some of his opinions and stories are funny. But good Lord, like when we talk about people who burn bridges, man, like Conan sometimes gets left off that list. But he's like the king. Like He's right up there with Jim Cornette. 
like not to spoil anything, but uh, next next week, yeah, next week, uh, we're covering SummerSlam 1992, and there's a story on there that that I have about Conan burning a freaking bridge on there. And it seemed like every every other week he was threatening WCW with some kind of lawsuit or Mexico or whatever. I like how it's not just like you know, oh, I'll just go back to Mexico. No, he'll he'll screw them over too. I know. It's either I'll leave your company to go to the rival company, and then when he pisses them off, it's I'll leave your company and go make my own damn company. I'll do my own podcast. Yeah, right. Just go. (laughs) Weirdest freaking combo ever, but yeah. Final story I have here. Hiroshi Tanahashi defeated Yuji Nagata at the G1 Climax Tournament. He will now go on to wrestle for the IWGP World Heavyweight title at the January 4th Tokyo Dome show in the most shocking story that I have on this entire docket here. I know, Tanahashi closing the Tokyo Dome show? Who would have ever guessed? Well, hold on. At this point, he's still, like, what, 22 years old something like that? It's not like Tanahashi yet. He just... No, he's good, but he's not like Tanahashi yet. Yeah, I don't I'm not know sure. How about uh, TNA paper with AJ Styles? We talked him up as being a next big thing, which is kind of funny in hindsight. They nailed it. <laughs> I mean, he looking pretty big. He was thir- 30. Yeah, he was, he, he was 30 at this point. That's right, because he was the U30 champion, which you know, was real original. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which I guess he wasn't at this point, because he had to give it up or lost it, one of the two. Yeah, right. So uh, I don't I don't remember when he won his first title. I know uh, he's he's an uh, wow eight time IWGP champion. Good freaking lord, man. Okay, he's a record breaking IWGP champion. I'll say that. So either way, yeah, he was the he was still the ace of Japan at that time. So he was becoming their John Cena. It's funny that his rise in Japan and John Cena's rise in America kind of like were about at the same time. That was a dream match for many people. Yeah, I know. Kind of sucks. It'll never happen. But I guess never say never. Uh, let never say never, but it's highly unlikely. Right. All right, man. That does it for the news and notes. We're going to take our next break. When we come back from this, we're going to dive into hard, hard justice. Right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday drop in where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This message is brought to you by Belly Up Sports. No, just kidding. This is not an NWO promo. This is just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, the host of Here in Puckburg on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I have a hockey podcast where we talk about hockey fandom and the love of the game and where that leads you in this, this game we call life. Why am I on Main Event Marks telling you about this? Well, what if I told you I had one half of the world's greatest tag team otherwise known as the main event marks the one and only greg superfly greg he was on and he was talking about his love of the game so you might want to come over and check that episode out if you like what you hear you can check out the rest of our incredible episodes with our incredible hockey community from phf athletes espn personalities fathers of nhl players and a whole lot more come by follow the show give a like give a subscribe and it'd be great to have you here in Puckburg. But enough about me. Let's get back to what you're really here for, the main event marks, because they are the cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. Come on. TNA Hard Justice 2007 took place on August 12th, 2007. The tagline, all or nothing. Yeah. And it took place wow. at the Impact Zone. <laughs> uh, took place at the Impact Zone in Orlando, Florida, with the attendance of 900, pay-per-view buy rate of 25,000. <sighs> so, not many people, I, I always say this, not many people ordered this, but then again... Uh, not a lot of people were watching TNA at this time, so whatever. I will say this. Uh, the opening package of the pay-per-view shows Kurt Angle was super arrogant just a month ago when he had everything, and now he's lost almost everything, including his wife. Now Samoa Joe wants to take even his world title from him. Uh, the show opens up by showing Adam Hangman – Hangman, gosh, Adam Hangman Pierce. Or now, I'm combining th- now I'm combining a bunch of different Adams. Good Lord. <laughs> Adam Pac-Man Jones, there we go, and his entourage pulling up to the venue and coming in. I'll get this right before the end of the podcast, I promise. Uh, our first match We're now still is... still number 32 at the zone at this point. Yeah. Uh, our first match is a triple threat tag team match between Black Machismo and Sanjay Dutt versus the Motor City Machine Guns of Alex Jelly and Chris Sabin, and the Triple X team of Senshi and Christopher Daniels with Elix Skipper in their corner. This went just shy of 16 minutes. It's funny that Daniels... Oh, I want to point out that two of these teams are still a thing to this day. (laughs) Oh, Triple... Is Triple X still going, or is... Or are you talking about Chismo and Dutt? Sabin and Shelly are still still going, and Chismo and Dutt were just on... uh, Dynamite last week, last night. Uh oh, that's I. Yeah, sorry, I blanked. I, I completely forgot watch, that. Yeah, I mean, many people have put up for us, but yeah. 
Still I forgot that. Yeah, I forgot that Lethal and and Dutt were teaming now. Uh, I did find it funny here that Daniels is the only member of Triple X that didn't color coordinate and wear white. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why, but you in the end, the fallen angel would wear white. Yeah, right. What do I know? But in the end, Machismo shoves Daniels into Senshi, who's on the top rope. This crotches Senshi as Machismo small packages Daniels for the win. Eh, it was okay. Uncle Dave gave it three and a half stars. I gave it three. What say you? Give it two. Wow, really? It was okay. I'll, I'll say this. They did a bunch of moves. So That's the problem. <laughs> you, just, you can go go watch it again. It's, they just they just wait for the moves to happen. Yeah, uh, one problem with some of these matches is it was like moves, 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 and it's like, oh man, they just hit this giant move. That should be the end of it, and then it's like, no, 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 no we're gonna end on a roll up. <laughs> I hate that crap. Yeah, that's why that's that's my one problem with some of these AEW matches where it's like. Oh, near fall, near fall, near fall. And and I get to the point where I'm like, dude, do you literally have to pull out a gun and shoot them to keep them down? Because they've kicked out of, like, everything. Like, uh, there's literally nothing else you can do at this point. You've hit them in the head with every object around the ring. You've hit every move known to man on them. The only thing left to do is do it all over again. Like, take it home, man. And then in WWE, they just, they'll sometimes just end a match before it really is getting going with a school boy. So. Yeah, right. But after worry, no one's no one's off limits to that BS in wrestling today. Yep. I know. Some some agents really need to because some of the, the agents were really good wrestlers back in the day. Like they know how to do this. Why are they not dude, working I just, this with them? Monday, didn't I send you a message during I'm like, dude, they're the these people are the Hurricane, PD Williams, Adam Pierce, Jason Jordan, Davari. <laughs> a lot of talent right. in there, dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not like Davari and Jason Jordan were top guys, but uh, yeah, it's like all of them have something to offer. But after I the put match, the hurricane on top myself. But... Right. Uh, after the match, Christopher Daniels gets into a shoving match with Black Machismo, and their respective partners have to step in and separate the two men. You know, go backstage with Jeremy Borash. Yeah, you know what? You know, I forgot to mention this. I didn't read some of my notes. Um, why are they like separating them? They're not like friends. Let them fight. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, so, like, like, oh my god, they will break it up because these two are fighting, keep them apart. No, that kind of like maybe twice. Like, why are they not? Why are they stopping them? You ever notice they <sighs> sometimes treated the X Division like almost like Ring of Honor or like yeah, a bunch of friends or something? I, I said I used to always say, well, like it's like a damn brotherhood, which I can yeah. kind of respect, but then it's like, eh, not really. Well, the exhibition were all like all the geeks that never got enough respect. So you know they. And AJ Styles, right? I don't know. He fit into like he wasn't a geek, but he sure tried to make himself one sometimes, or they tried to make uh, him one. I've never seen him up down down. He is a total geek, but that's a different story. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, I've seen him damn near flip tables, and you know when he loses. So yeah. <laughs> but we now got back. Still coming to the show. <laughs> Uh, with uh, Jeremy Borash, where he goes into Samoa Joe's locker room uh, looking to get an interview. However, when he opens the door, he sees Karen Angle sitting on a couch with, I think, the trademark. Yep. Uh, 
If it's not him, it looks like him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That's what I thought it was. Um, I was like, so is this leading up to Kurt Angle getting his new theme song? (laughs) Uh, But Karen's flirting with the man, and they're drinking champagne. Karen invites JB in, says that this is the new man in her life, and hands JB a glass of champagne. uh, He ends up leaving the room, downing the bubbly, and saying, wait till Kurt hears about this. (laughs) Freaking stooge. Uh, yeah, this is leading. If, if nobody can see this, by the way, this is leading to a you know a Russo swerve, bro. All right, I don't want to. I'm telling you, I'm not even joking. I saw this coming a mile away. I just felt like you can see it. Yeah. Well, it, the, when it happens, oh, look, I was right. Russo's swerves are always super obvious. Like it's just like. You expect it because it's so dumb. You're like nobody you with a brain. Russo. Yeah, you're like, okay, well, this this could happen. Like this would be a swerve, but it would be a dumb swerve, so it's probably going to happen. And he does it every time. <laughs> every effing time. Yep. Vince Russo strikes again. Uh, Raven comes. One of the best lines ever. <laughs> right. Uh. Raven comes to the ring next with serotonin members Havoc and Martyr carrying Singapore canes. Kaz comes to the ring with a cane as well, and Raven grabs a mic. He says that Kaz has proved his point that he's his own man, and he'll accept him back into serotonin. Kaz ends up shaking Raven's hand and hugging him before caning Raven in the head and taking out Martyr and Havoc. And now we get this. It's Raven versus Kaz. It's uh, five minutes and 41 seconds. After the bell rings, Kaz dives out of the ring onto serotonin. In the end, Kaz gets out of a Raven effect attempt, uh, knocks Martyr off the apron, nails a running single leg drop kick to Raven, and pins him to win. You heard me right. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this two and a quarter stars. I gave it one and a half to you. I gave it one. This is terrible. And I don't think I've ever given a Kaz match a one. Why? It's just I didn't like it when Brian Pillman did it. I realized that came later. But what the hell? A running single leg drop kick to pin Raven. I mean, is that technically Drew Clay, uh, Drew's Claymore? <laughs> uh, well, not. I mean, no, I mean, not the. I mean, the description is what I mean. Sort running of, I mean, single leg drop kick. I mean, yeah. Yeah, but the thing, like, you, you look at the momentum of the move, like, Kaz, like, runs, kind of sort of jumps up in the air and pops a leg up, whereas, like, Drew doesn't stop his momentum. He, like, runs full force forward with a leg out. So it's like... It looks painful as hell, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kaz, it's like, yeah, it would hurt, but it's like, is that really going to knock you the hell out? I don't know. Either way. We match. We now go backstage to Jeremy Borash sitting down on a bench with Kurt Angle in the locker room. Borash says that he saw Karen. So stupid. Borash (laughs) says that he saw Karen with someone earlier, and Kurt freaks out, asking who he was with or who was with Karen. Finally, JB says that she had a date, and Karen and uh, Kurt says that he doesn't believe it. When JB says that they're in Samoa Joe's locker room, Kurt says that he's going to go investigate. Why is this on a pay-per-view? Why wouldn't it be? 
I realize I can't I, I can't put this all on TNA. WWE's had some stupid like um, storyline threads throughout pay-per-views in the past, too. But this just like really and it's leading to a, a stupid payoff. You know, Vince Russo wanted Karen to get naked or something on here. Oh, of course. bro. <laughs> uh, where's the pudding bath? going to show a rack. It's be covered by the gold medals, bro. Oh, my gosh. Tell me God. I'm sure I'm sure he would. But up next we have this. It is I feel like oh, I can say that God. a lot. Any, any event anywhere in the country right here, dude. Uh, <laughs> well, and you'd be thrown off by the competitors in the match, too. Uh, it is Cowboy James Storm with Ms. Jackie Moore in his corner taking on Rhino in a bar room brawl. Now, before you even get going, we talked about this uh, one of our past shows, and I told you this was coming up. And yeah. I told you, if you remember, I said, I forget what match it was. De- it was definitely these two. And I told you it was only going to get worse. Just stay tuned. Remember I told you that? <laughs> yes. This is what I was talking about right here. Yep. This goes for 13 said, minutes and 15 seconds. We, I remember we, had, we were talking about it and we said, man, that's weird because Rhino usually doesn't have these bad matches. I said, yeah, it's going to get worse. <laughs> Hard to fathom. Here we are. But, uh, yep, this was a sort of match. They so let me set the scene for you. They set props all up in and outside the ring to make it look like a bar and grill. Basically, there's like tables and chairs. There's a there's a an actual bar and a toilet, a keg and a bunch of bottles, everything. Yeah, I, I, was there I've a pool to, table? That's all I was missing. No, there wasn't a pool table. There should have been darts but, or anything. They did make sure to put a toilet out there because, uh, you know, reasons. <sighs> but it's either way. <laughs> you make this funnier than it <laughs> They even had what looked like a zombie sitting at the bar. Yeah. He fired him. Yeah, he needed work. Uh, he's got undead kids. He needs this job. <laughs> Good Lord. But yet again, they brawl through the crowd because this is just a staple of Rhino and James Storm matches. Uh, Rhino downs some beer and then sprays it all over Storm and Jackie. Commentary puts over how Rhino is off the wagon now and how the arena smells like booze. (laughs) The match ends the same as every other match between these two, with James Storm shattering a beer bottle over Rhino's head and pinning him. Because apparently they can't come up with a new finish. Uncle Dave gives it two I and feel, three quarters of a star. I give it two. I gave it one. And I feel like ending a barroom brawl with a beer bottle over the head. Just uh, anticlimactic. Quote, well, yeah, I was like to quote uh, uh, Jim Cornette, lazy fucking. Right. Uh, yeah. And by the way, you why like, are we? He like broke his ankle or something, or whatever, with a with a keg or something. You know, smack you on him. Oh, your ball. Well, my thing is not not that anybody's ever accused Russo of being a competent writer or booker or critical thinker, but like no. sto- <laughs> I know. <laughs> but the whole storyline here is that James Storm is you know a big drinker and a lush and whatever, and Rhino has had 
issues with drinking in the past, and James Storm is mocking him for it, and he's shoving it in his face, and he's shoving booze down his throat or whatever to make fun of him, and Rhino's resisting because he's, he's staying strong and all that, and we're cheering him on. Yeah, you go, Rhino. You're the conquering hero. And here he's just like, F it. I'm off the wagon. I'm getting drunk, and I'm still going to lose. Why am I going to keep cheering for this guy? <laughs> Sounds like a pathetic loser in the mess, dude. Yeah, like, it's not even, like, you're not a conquering hero anymore. You're just, a, like, now I feel uh, sad I, for I you. like Rhino, but when the hell was he ever a conquering hero? Well, the, the thing is, they could have made him that. Like, he had a sympathetic story. Like, I don't know, like... I think you're oh, digging here. <laughs> well, the way they set it up, like, they, they set it up like they were trying to make him the sympathetic baby-faced conquering guy that, you know, uh, takes out the... the, the beats drunk. his demons. Yeah, yeah beats his demon, takes out the, the, the drunk cowboy and whatever, and, uh, you know, everybody loves him. But, nope, he just gives in, and, oh, by the way, he, he still loses every <laughs> effing <laughs> match. Has he beat James Storm uh, once, by the way? Not everything we've been revealing, but if there was a one on impact, maybe that we're missing. Yeah, so I'm like, why do they keep having matches? Why, why, why do they keep booking this crap? Oh, well, it's different now because now there's a stipulation on it. Who gives a crap? Still gonna lose. And then there's a different stipulation, and then there's a the guy falling off the wagon. Yeah, so it's like, oh, oh, jeez, what do you? You oh, don't get it. Whatever. Oh, well, this, this one is a uh, Rhino loses in a bar match now. But we now, we now go backstage with a uh, new interchangeable blonde interviewer, Crystal, talking with Adam Pacman Jones. And Ron the Truth Killings interrupts her, saying that he's tired of hearing about Pacman because people should be talking about him. He's a former two-time NWA champion, and he thinks everyone should be focusing on him and quit wasting time on Pacman. Let me check the little lies. I mean, look, I mean, it took a few years, but he got his wish. <laughs> Nobody's talking no, about Pac-Man anymore. A lot of people were talking about Pac-Man when he got in that fight with the cop or something. Or something like that. He was in the backseat of the car and a bunch of crap happened. Oh, man. When I was a news reporter down in Cincinnati, like, the, the only... It seemed like the only time I ever talked about Pac-Man Jones in the any of my newscasts was something negative about him being arrested or suspended or some crap. I'm like, why is he still on the team? Probably because he was cheap. I, uh, the news director always had a saying, you know how they always say if it bleeds, it leads. My, my, my news director always said, if it's striped, it leads. <laughs> anyway, uh, next up here, we got the Voodoo Kin Mafia of BG and Kip James with Roxy Laveau in their corner. They have finally been released from the custody of Chrissy Hemi and Lance Hoyt, I guess, as they are taking on LAX, Homicide Hernandez. Uh, this one went shy of six minutes. Uh, my first note here, about damn time VKM and Christy Hemi decided to start seeing other people. <laughs> uh, in what we oh, not was- under their own... Uh- um, because they wanted to. Of yeah, right. And yeah, it's like, hey, Christy and Lance, uh, you know, stay home. Uh, maybe everybody doesn't die today. <laughs> or, you know, maybe maybe everybody doesn't want to get infected tonight. Stay home. Uh, hey, and, yourself. Right. 
Uh, in what we thought was the end, Hernandez gets BG up for the border toss, and Roxy throws powder in his face, just like a baby face. Uh, Kip hits the Famaster on Hernandez and pins him for the win. Isn't VKM... Here, here in my notes, I wrote, isn't VKM supposed to be the baby faces? Uh, Hector Guerrero Bro. then then runs into the ring and shows Earl Hebner the powder and explains what happened. So Earl Hebner restarts the match because even though he didn't see it, he's going to take Hector's word for it. Uh, he seems like a trustworthy guy, right? I mean, the Guerreros have never lied, cheat, and stole. Oh, uh, and, and, and Earl, he's a really good shooter, too. He's never screwed over anybody. Exactly. Damn right he didn't. Uh, <laughs> Homicide instantly rolls Kip up and pins him to win. Why was this not an impact? I mean, no, I'm sure about a couple matches, right? Uh, Uncle Dave gave this three quarters of a star. <laughs> give it a star and a half. What say you? One star. Terrible. <laughs> God, this sucked. After the match, Comes to LA pay-per-view, folks, you literally paid money for this. Unfortunately. Uh, after the match, LAX takes off and taunts VKM, who are flipping out in the ring. Hector Guerrero and LAX exchange glances to each other as uh, LAX walks to the back. The play-up package for the next match reminds us that last month after their match, Eric Young depanced Robert Roode. Then on impact, EY stopped Roode from using a chair against Sting, leading to a Sting victory. Later, Roode took Young out and then tarred and feathered him. They keep saying tarred yeah. and feathered, but he just kind of sprays, like, squirts oil on him and then throws feathers on him. Close enough. Yeah. Uh, I guess oiled and feathered doesn't sound nobody as good. Should, yeah, I was just saying, nobody's just going to say feathered. <laughs> uh, but we now go backstage again with Jeremy Borash and Eric Young. EY says in fifth grade he had his pants pulled down in front of everybody. <laughs> of course he did. Uh, he was once taped to the lockers. He then says... And let's talk about the Sophie LaFleur incident. I don't really want to go into detail, but me, her, a bunch of soda pop, and a late night experience. It was terrible. Just like tonight. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> Boy, what man. The hell? You know, when, he, when he says a mouthful, man. <laughs> right? <laughs> what the hell, man? Uh, Borash tells him that this isn't high school and he has nothing to worry about. EY starts getting more confident and saying that he's a grown man and he's been drinking his milk. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I love Eric Young, man. Uh, he then gets quiet and turns his back when Kurt Angle walks up. Kurt says that he went to Joe's locker room and Karen wasn't there, so he accuses JB of fooling around with her. EY chuckles, and Kurt asks Eric if he's messing around with Karen. Young says that Karen's way out of his league, and and plus, the guy he's where she's with is way better looking than him. Young says, that, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, Young says that they were going at it. Uh, out back, and Borash tries to calm Kurt down. Kurt blames this all on Joe and storms off. <sighs> God. But here we are. Up next, it is Robert Roode with Ms. Brooks in his corner versus Eric Young in a humiliation match. Bob uh, Roode. My thing is, since Ms. Brooks is always in Robert Roode's corner, and Gail Kim literally had nothing going on tonight, but was clearly on the sh- like in the back. Uh, as we're going to see later on. Why wasn't she at ringside? Because reasons. Yeah, I just, I, there's no logic. Anyway, this goes about nine and a half minutes. Well, uh, that's on you for thinking there should be logic in this company. <laughs> uh, I know, right? <laughs> Screw me. Uh, 
Ms. Brooks gets involved at one point. Eric Young cuts her off and catapults her face first into the crotch of Robert Rude, who was on the top rope. Young then gets them both on his shoulders for Death Valley Driver, but Rude slides off and stops it. The ref gets distracted by Brooks out of the ring and doesn't see EY roll up Rude, so Rude kicks out at two. Brooks distracts the ref again so that when EY comes off the top rope, Rude kicks him in the crotch. In the crotch. So that is one. Uh, he then gets brass knocks, knocks Young out, and pins him to win. Uncle Dave gave it dose stars. I gave it two and a half. Let's say you. God, man, I thought this sucked too. I gave it one as well. I actually like this match. I always like when these two have a uh, have a match against each other. So I don't know. Even the even the bad ones, I think, are acceptable. But maybe it's just me. But after the match. After the match, Robert Rude drags Eric Young to the outside, and Gail Kim lays on him, trying to stop the tar and feathering. Rude calls her a little bitch, and and has Ms. Brooks hold her while he attempts to punch her with brass knucks, but Gail moves, and Rude knocks out Brooks. So much for the no-more-man-on-woman violence. Hold uh, on, I think that only applied to Spike, to be fair. Yeah, but they they said... On the last, like they made a big deal out of it on the last pay per view, though. I know, but I just I think that the rule only applied to to that. Yeah. Also, I think the workaround was they could flat out doing it. Like this is an accident, but I don't know. I I would agree with that. However, he was swinging at a woman, missed that woman, and hit another woman. But the so, end result is an accident. <laughs> I guess so. I this is effing dumb. Gail and Ruth watching. <laughs> Again, that's on you. (laughs) Gale and Rude go at it for a bit until Eric Young gets up and hits a running kick between Rude's legs. Lots of crotches being hit in this one. Young grabs a mic and says, (laughs) uh, Young grabs a mic and says, I told you I wasn't getting tarred and feathered, but I'll tell you who is. Ian Gale Kim then tar and feather Ms. Brooks before leaving. Brooks throws a fit fit as Robert Rude leaves. (sighs) So yeah, that segment happened. At this point, I'm like, yeah, this pay-per-view happened. <laughs> uh, I'll keep that same energy for this, man. Uh, after a Black Rain play-up package, we go backstage with, yeah. Crystal. <laughs> with Crystal and Chris Harris. Harris says that Dustin Rhodes lost his, his spot uh, all on his own, and Harris earned his. He didn't take Dustin's. He says that he's tired of his of uh, has-beens like Dustin getting in the way of his future. This storyline makes no damn sense. Dustin's been gone for, like, ever. So how the hell did Chris Harris take Dustin's spot? I don't know. I do agree with the whole has-beens getting in the way of his future because that happened to a lot of TV guys. But... <laughs> right. Uh, that's For anybody that didn't watch this, that was the whole like premise of this. Uh, this is... The, the, the whole thing here is that uh, Dustin Rhodes came in. He was like, well, that's my spot. And Chris Harris took it. I'm like, first of all, how does one distinguish whose spot is which? Are there not multiple because spots? Because he was supposed to team with James Storm as America's Most Wanted, idiot. Jeez. Ah, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, I'm like, how do you determine? Uh, it's 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 not like it's a couch. Like, they're, I, I, I don't get it. And then second of all, like I said, he'd been gone for a while. How the hell was that his spot? That Chris Harris took. Whatever. I, I don't know, but you're looking too hard for logic here, dude. That's on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
we've officially done that like three or four times on this show. I think I think we're up to four or five actually on this on this one single pay per view. That that's pathetic. But up next, it is the wild. <laughs> it is the Wildcat Chris Harris versus Black Rain in what we'll call a match in just shy of five minutes. So now we're just throwing the board out match out there at will. Right. I forgot there was a babyface entry ramp on one side of the arena and a heel entry ramp on the other side. So either way, Harris is an idiot. And when Black Rain wasn't coming out on the heel side, he never looks over his shoulder and checks the babyface side. So (laughs) Black Rain just comes out from behind and uh, busts Harris open right away. And when the ref tries to stop him, he clotheslines him and knocks him out. Harris is pouring blood for this stupid-ass angle. Finally, another referee comes out, and when Black Rain is choking Harris with a chain, he calls for a disqualification. Uncle Dave gave us a half a star. I gave it a dud. It wasn't even a freaking match. What's a you? I almost didn't rate it, but I too gave it a one. Yeah, it's just, it, it wasn't a match. Like, what the hell? I, I don't match know. Match wasn't even there. Wasn't even there. <laughs> it was old. But after this quote-unquote match, Black Rain handcuffs Chris Harris in the corner and then takes security out uh, while they were trying to interfere. Black Rain has some kind of billy club with a spike on the end of it, and he jabs it into Harris's head, which, by the way, commentary ruins because he doesn't actually hit him with the spike of it. And commentary is like, oh, well, if he would have actually hit him with a spike, that would have been a lot worse. It's like, so you kind of just ruin the angle. Cool. He was supposed to hit him with it, and they messed up, and they helped him. Hashtag plans changed. (laughs) Uh, Finally, the geek squad of Kaz, uh, Black Machismo, and Sanjay Dutt run out and get between Harris and Rain. (sighs) They were. Who the hell could have cared? This whole thing sucked. Whole thing sucked. Uh, We now go backstage with Crystal standing by with the Steiner brothers and forgive me, but it's some Japanese dude with multicolored hair. <laughs> they, they never once say his name. What does uh, that tell you? Is that important? Right. Scott calls him my partner in Japan. Like, that is all we get. But Rick okay. says the Rick says the old dog is back and ready to do battle tonight. Scott says that he's fired up after Team 3D questioned his injury, and tonight Team 3D goes down like that old company of theirs, ECW. <laughs> <sighs> but now we switch to Jeremy Borash standing by with Team 3D. Brother Ray makes some lame joke about uh, I, I don't even know what the hell he, he made some joke. I, I, I was like, okay, I guess that was a joke. Huh? And then says that Scott should have uh, stayed uh, at that hospital in Puerto Rico before saying that Rick is half retarded and that the Steiners are both grossly out of shape. Good freaking Lord. Because, you know, does anybody that's a standard bearer of being in shape? Holy Ray. Right. Yeah, the, the grossly out of shape comment was bad enough, but he called Rick half retarded. That shows you where we are. <laughs> Uh, you would never hear anybody in 2022 use that phrase. Uh, anyway. How ironic, next. by the way, that the first time we ever saw Rick Steiner and Bully Ray, they were portrayed as somewhat handicapped. Think about oh it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, your brother Ray had the stutter, and Rick painted a thing on his hand and talked to it. 
Oh my gosh! Yeah, you're right. That's kind of ironic. Kind of ironic in a way, huh? You're not wrong. Unfortunately. Anyway, up next is the Steiner brothers of Rick and Scott Steiner versus Team 3D, Brother Ray and Brother Devon, in 11 minutes. When the Steiners get the advantage for a while, Team 3D goes off, uh, and the Steiners have to chase them down and bring them back. Team 3D ends up working on Scott Steiner's back scar from his injury. Later on, Rick goes on a suplex frenzy, and when Scott hits a top rope Frankensteiner, the crowd comes unglued. Brother Ray eventually gets dumped outside, and the Steiners hit their double-team bulldog move on Devon for the pinfall win. Rick was clearly blown up sky-high early on, but this was fine. Uh, Uncle Dave and I both gave it two stars. What say you? I gave it two, but it's not that good. It wasn't great, but it, it, hey, it could have been way worse, all right? Yeah, but you know, with this pay-per-view, though, I think we've already lost the ability to see that. <laughs> yeah, well, we've seen way worse, so this was a slight step. And up we at least. still have to see one more way worse. Oh, God, yeah. Well, speaking of worse, uh, up next, <laughs> backstage, <we> <laughs> Jer- Jeremy Borash is with Kurt Angle, who approaches a door with a hand-typed sign on it that says Dr. Kevin Nash. I for- I completely forgot when this happened. Kurt sighs and just walks in with JD before dropping his title on the floor and flopping face first on the couch. He whines that he's lost everything, and Nash says that there are uh, things more important in life than family, like his doctor. Nash tells Money. Kurt that <laughs> Nash tells Kurt that he needs to snap out of it and gives him a pep talk while also crapping on New Japan Pro Wrestling, calling it <laughs> calling it the A and B Championship from Japan. <laughs> Uh, Kurt says that Kurt says that he can do it, and Nash tells him to have the eye of the tiger. When Nash walks away, Kurt flops over, crying again. Now this. In the ring, Mike Tanay says that unless you've been living in a cave or under a rock for the past two weeks, you've been seeing the unprecedented mainstream coverage that TNA has been getting. I mean, Sure. Uh, he then introduces Adam Pacman Jones as the most controversial man in sports. Uh, no, he's not the, wrong. The thing is, Pacman was a really good player, but was never really worth the trouble he caused. It was ever kind of good. Yeah, uh, he literally embarrassed every single team that he played for, and was a huge liability. Uh, bless TNA's little hearts for thinking that. This would be their Mike Tyson in 1998 moment. <laughs> uh, Jones comes out and See, Mike Tanae Tyson and... was actually great. Right. Uh, he was at the top of his sport. Uh, Jones comes out and ignores Tanae's handshake. Tanae asks Pac-Man why he chose to go into wrestling, and Pac-Man says that he's loved wrestling ever since he was a kid. Tanae asks why he chose TNA, and Pac-Man says that both TNA and he are trendsetters. Sure, we'll go with that. Uh... Bottom barrel, <laughs> bottom barrel scraping. Well, he did go to the Bengals, so I mean, there's that. Uh, Tanay asked, and this was before That's they the were good. current ranking defending AFC champions. You might want to shut your mouth. That was before they were good, Greg. So I could say that back then. Uh, Tanay asks what Pac-Man's goal is, and Pac-Man says that he's proven that he's the uh, that he or he wants to prove that he's the best team player. It's at this point that I actively spit my drink out in laughter. Uh, Ron Killings now interrupts and says that 
Pac-Man, uh, or what Pac-Man says is uh, sickening him. He says that wrestling is not a team sport. This, by the way, is following a tag team match. Uh, <laughs> I get that. <laughs> Ron then points out that Pac-Man's contract says that he can't touch anyone or be touched. The crowd chants, he's a bitch, he's a bitch. <laughs> so, I thought they were saying he's a bitch. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Truth, uh, Truth says that everyone's gunning for him, and he's number one, so he better watch his back. Pac-Man says that Truth talks a lot, and he needs to step up. However, once Killings tries to step up, security tackles him. This was pointless. What the actual hell, man? I love that you had to point that out. <laughs> I know. Just in case people didn't know, this was pointless. Yeah, and it, it, I mean, it kind of goes somewhere, but that too was also pointless, so... Uh, I mean, if they sense was, to me bringing somebody in doing all this and they can't even get physical. Right. I mean, if if the whole point of this was to completely devalue your tag team titles and crap on everything you're doing, then sure. I mean, it was, it was totally worth it. But yeah, <sighs> we now go backstage with Crystal standing by with Christian Cage, AJ Styles and Tomko. Christian points out how <laughs> the uh, the Doomsday Chamber of Blood sounds stupid. He's not wrong. He then says that he'll hold Abyss personally responsible if anything happens to AJ Styles tonight. After he leaves, AJ says that he's got himself covered so he won't bleed, and he holds up a box of Band-Aids. Tomko says that those won't stop you from bleeding. They or those stop you from bleeding after you start bleeding. They don't prevent the bleeding. <laughs> AJ seems <sighs> confused by this concept. Yeah. Uh, what they said what they said about Rick Steiner is actually uh, AJ Styles apparently during this time. So I ain't touching that. After going back to uh, to commentary for a moment, they then send cameras backstage where Adam Pacman Jones is laid out with fake blood on his face. I'm sure that was all totally real. I, well, I don't know what you're trying to say, really. Yeah, right. Yeah. We now go to this. It is Christian Cage, AJ Styles, and Tomko taking on Sting, Abyss, and the Punisher, Andrew Martin, in a Doomsday Chamber of Blood match. Went just shy of 11 minutes. Just shy of being the worst piece of crap ever. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, so this is honestly just a cage with barbed wire wrapped around the top and the corners of it, and weapons are legal. Uh, also, in order to pin your opponent, they must first bleed. What the fuck? Uh, uh, this is like struck uh, again. This is like in order to, this is like me, like the king of the mountain. You know, in order to get up there, you gotta pin someone. I'll make a damn bleed. Shame, damn shame, Scott Snyder wasn't in this. There you go. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, the match starts out outside the cage, completely neutering the stipulation, and. <laughs> A biscuit's jumped by Christian's crew. Uh, Tomko bleeds first from a sting chair shot. Uh, Christian makes Abyss bleed next with a shard of glass because every single Abyss match must involve shards of glass. Sting uses wire cutters to cut the barbed wire open, again neutering the point of the match. And Christian ends up escaping, leaving AJ and Tomko alone. Abyss hits the black hole slam on AJ Styles onto the shattered glass, which the stupid cameraman almost misses, pins him, and wins. 
This apparently, by the way, the, the person who gets the pin becomes the number one contender for the TNA world title. Uh, and Abyss did this just like Wu Fez would have. You know, by slamming yep. your opponent into a shards of glass while being surrounded by a barbed wire wrap steel cage. God, I just my head hurts. Uncle Dave gave this a whole star. I gave it to it was something. Let's say you. I'm right there with douchebag Dave. Man, this was terrible. Oh, God, why? Why? Just, just what is life, man? I, I don't even know. Uh, and doesn't he face Angle at the next pay-per-view in a cage? Uh, in a cage? I'm not... I don't know. A few Probably. in a cage, and that's when Macias comes out. I believe it was No Surrender 2007. Yeah, Here we go. Yeah, yeah, No Surrender 07. That's the nice Angle faces everybody. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's not in a cage. It's some, I thought it was a cage. I vividly remember a cage. Right. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Abyss versus Kurt Angle for the TNA World title on pay-per-view. That's uh, that's really going to put some asses in seats, man. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, Abyss is family, but, you know, other than that. God, this, this is terrible. Uh, and we still got one more match to go, ladies and gents. Luckily, it's the best match on the show, but it's, uh, you know, that's faint praise. Uh, that's, that's like saying... This ship nice is already sunk, dude, okay? This is going to be like a life raft to save, what, nobody? Yeah, well, that's that's like saying, it's like, hey, I mean, yeah, the Titanic sunk, but look, we got one lifeboat full of people off of the off of there, all right? Wow. <laughs> Not all the lives are lost. Anyway, we're going to take our second to last break. When we come back, it's main event time right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh. Another wrestling podcast? How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. We're back. We're back. Unfortunately. <laughs> Backstage, Crystal is standing by with Samoa Joe, who says that he revels in Kurt Angle's pain. He says finally tonight he will take Kurt's world titles and take everything away from him. So, all right, so I'm going to point out, this is Kurt Angle versus Samoa Joe. Supposedly, this is for the TNA World Heavyweight title, IWGP World Heavyweight title, X Division, or TNA X Division title, and TNA World Tag Team titles. It goes about 18 and a half minutes. I say supposedly. I think you got it all. Well, right. Well, I say supposedly because technically the IWGP title isn't really on the line here. Uh, whether they want you to know I that or not. I think it's legally allowed to be. Right. And which is why if when they show it, now, it's kind of it's kind of hiding behind the TNA world title on the table. Now um Russo in the past has done this to New Japan. Had a title change what title when they weren't supposed to. You remember that? Yep. Didn't he give it to Hoovy? <laughs> yep. Yeah, the IWGP junior heavyweight title. Yeah, that was, Lo and uh, behold, he's in the same situation about eight years later. That went over like Nine a lid balloon. <sighs> yep. Good stuff, pal. Uh, about a minute or so into this, into this one, Karen Angle comes out to sit at ringside with the new man in her life. When Kurt confronts her at one point, she throws uh, her champagne. <laughs> Uh, she throws her champagne in Kurt's face. This wasn't a DQ for reasons. Uh, you know, the ref's really letting him go here. <laughs> uh, the ref gets bumped at one point, and Joe locks Kurt in a, a third coquina clutch, which he taps out to, but it does no good. Angle low blows Joe, and Karen brings Joe a chair. But when Joe reaches for the chair, <gasps> no, Karen pulls it back and then slides it. Oh, my Kurt. God! What the I, hell just happened? I know. Who would have who would have guessed? But Kurt blasts Joe with a chair and he pins him to win all the titles. Wow. Uncle Dave gives this three and a quarter stars. I give it an even three. Not one of their best. What say you? I gave it two and I was like, man, they've had so many better ones. That's why I gave it a low score. Yeah. I know what you two are capable of, even on your off nights. <sighs> Yeah, this is um something. I don't, I don't know, man. Like these are pretty like, much the two best wrestlers on the planet Earth at this really point right here. And this whole you got view, and this pay per view was so bad it brought them down. I that's that's sad, man. That's that's pretty sad. Like I said, uh, well, after the match, commentary loses their mind about how angry they are with Karen Angle. Uh, you know, well, hey, keep. 
you know, keep that energy, folks, because she really would turn her back on Kurt and go with another man in a few years. But that's beside the point. Uh, yeah, but you know what? It works out for everybody, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think Kurt's losing sleep over it. Uh, Karen and the Some other guys. Some might up, but anyways. <laughs> wow. At the very least, laterally. Very least. But Karen and the other guy uh, celebrate in the ring with Kurt as he gets his hundred title belts draped over his shoulders and the show comes to a close. <laughs> oh, man. I think we're going to take our next break here. When we come back, it is final ratings time. We're going to tell you what's coming up next week on the podcast right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go maybe? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, well... What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. K-A-S-T hey, the ending. Hey, it's alright good on you yeah. Instagram also at the broadcast podcast remember we don't spell it with a C we spell it with a K slow night take it easy the main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks and we're back yeah, we're back. Final ratings time. I'm sorry, folks. Show. Yeah, well, hey, I listen to us. Don't waste your time watching this. So you can get more entertained by listening to us than you can by watching this thing. Trust me on that. Are we nice uh, guys and we slit our wrists just for you? Good grief. Hey, we watch <laughs> a lot of crap for you people, all right? So uh, we watch it so you don't have to. Uh, Internet Movie Database gave this thing 6.5 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it four out of ten. <laughs> Cagematch.net gave it four out of ten. Uh, I gave it six point five out of ten. B no buys. What say you? So you're telling me it passed? <laughs> it's gonna graduate. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I gave it an L. <laughs> yeah, this this is definitely. Uh, I'd have to go back. I know. I think was it Destination X. Was that the one that was really bad? I know we've reviewed like one other that was yeah, that was crummy. bad. I know the the anniversary was decent. Uh, was what was May? What's what uh, you said it was bad? Uh, I guess I sure. March. April was locked down. What's May? Was that sacrifice? Sacrifice. Yeah, that one was bad too. Yeah, okay. yeah. There, I mean, there were some that you know. I mean, they're not first round draft picks, but man, this one was awful. This one's an undrafted. Forget him, send him home. Pick. Yeah, this one's like, why are you? It's like, how did you make it out of like, it's like how did how did you make it on the lineup? It's like they they subjected people to this. They made people pay money for this. 
Oh, uh, yes. They didn't make anybody do anything. It was on their own accord. Well, that's true, but they... Hey, feed they, your dog or cat or whatever that is. <laughs> that's, uh... They, they tricked 25,000 people into buying this abomination, but, yeah. I'm sorry. You cannot throw Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe on the marquee and just be like, yeah, it's good enough. Especially when the match ends up the way that one ended up. <laughs> so... But either way, next week, I promise, next week will be so much better. Next week, August No, I'm going to tell you one better. I promise the rest of this month is going to be good. Yeah. I mean, I don't see a stinker on the rest of the, the month. Then again, the, I have not watched the back. week after next might be questionable, but mm-hmm. it's still going to be better than this. Yeah, I haven't watched uh, the two WCW shows we got coming up on Double Main Event Week yet. Yeah, full so disclosure, I... I have not watched the Clash of the Champions, but I'm done with everything else. Okay. Uh, well, next week is our second of three SummerSlams. Uh, the, our next two SummerSlams are actually 10 years apart. So next week we are going to be bringing... Troy is an OCD maniac. <laughs> well, this is a 30-year anniversary. This is a very special one, especially with Clash of the... Was it Clash of the Castle? Yeah. Uh, coming up, uh, as you mentioned at the top of the show here, it's uh, WWF SummerSlam 1992. It's the first and last SummerSlam to ever be aired on delay. And it was, it was a, I mean, it was, it was a good show. I mean, I'm not going to say top to bottom. It was great, but it was definitely worth a watch. I had fun watching it. It's not a piece of garbage. It's very memorable. Considering what we just did today, it was good. (laughs) Considering what we just did today, it's a masterpiece. Um, It, Hogan is not on the show. I'll say that. The first SummerSlam ever without him. Right. Yeah, the, the two guys. Oh, and the world title does not close the show. I'm also going to say it's the last ever SummerSlam for the Smith Warrior. And I saw it. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big show. A lot, of things, a lot of things in flux here. A lot of things changing. Uh, Ric Flair would be out the door here uh, before the next SummerSlam as well. Uh, he plays a part in this one. He's not in a match, before, but he plays a part in Not before another world title reign. Right. Yeah, so it's... Uh, yeah, a lot of things going on here. I'm excited to talk about it. There's, uh, I already got the news compiled. It's uh, an interesting time. I had a lot of fun watching it back. Yeah, I did too. I love that era. 1992 was a weird time in wrestling. A lot of cool things going on. A lot of interesting stuff to talk about. The, I, might, I think 1982 may be the very definition of hit or miss. Yeah, right. Uh, Bill Watts is running wild in WCW at this time, so, you know, that's in the news. and. Uh, you know, so get ready Hook for that. <laughs> Good port. But, but all right, man, that does it for today. Thank you for joining me for this one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we'll see you all next week for SummerSlam 1992 from England. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.